Augmented reveals the stories behind a new era of industrial operations where technology will restore the agility of frontline workers. In episode 31 of the podcast, the topic is Pharma 4.0. Our guest is Michelle Buolo, Quality Practice Lead at Tulip. In this conversation, we talk about GXP, the collection of quality guidelines and regulations created to ensure that biopharmaceutical products are safe, meet their intended use, and adhere to quality processes during manufacturing, control, storage, and distribution, specifically in the context of emerging digital technologies that promise to improve efficiency, so-called Industry 4.0, or in this case, Pharma 4.0 technologies. Augmented is a podcast for industry leaders and operators, hosted by futurist Trun Arne Unheim, presented by Tulip, the frontline operations platform, and associated with MFG.Works, the industrial upskilling community launched at the World Economic Forum. Each episode dives deep into a contemporary topic of concern across the industry and airs at 9 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time every Wednesday. Augmented. The Industry 4.0 podcast, industrial conversations that matter. So, Michelle, it's great to speak with you. I was curious, uh, what is this animal called Pharma 4.0? <laughs> um, yeah, so um, Pharma 4.0 is really just taking um, uh, the topic of Industry 4.0, which defines basically that we're in the fourth industrial revolution, right? The fourth industrial revolution is characterized by a lot of things, but namely Internet of Things type technology, the interconnected, hyperconnected environments that we are in. And Pharma 4.0 is really just kind of taken um, that space and some of the, the operating models around that and applied some guideposts, um, in particular, the guideposts of like ICHQ9 guidelines, um, to put it into the perspective of pharmaceutical quality systems. And they have come up with an operating model. And, and you have been deeply involved with this, uh, well, certainly before you, you came to Tulip. Tell me about this uh, ISPE group in, in pharma. What, what kind of association is that? And what exactly is it that, there, that you have put in place? Yeah, sure. So ISPE is the International Society of Pharmaceutical Engineering um, I would say that they're most known for in the in the world in a lot of cases um, for the uh, GAMP, the Good Automated Manufacturing Practices Guidelines that uh, the industry knows and loves <laughs> for validating computerized systems. Um, so they're the authors of GAMP number one, but they do a lot of other things for pharmaceutical um, products. Um, and so they also are have uh, basically trademarked Pharma 4.0. And so they are um, industry leaders on the topic. And like I said, they developed an operating model around Pharma 4.0. Hmm. How, how did you get involved with uh, quality assurance in, in, in pharma? It's a pretty specific field. It's important, <laughs> but it's not something everybody I meet uh, right. is an expert in. <laughs> Yeah, and I certainly didn't go to school to be a quality professional. Um, I happened upon it uh, like a lot of people do. I started my career in, in QC doing, you know, bench chemistry testing for, for uh, pharmaceutical product and then moved my way into quality operations um, and supported product lines and product, uh, product uh, release and things like that. I ultimately got into... Um, IT quality roles within the pharmaceutical world before jumping over to Tulip. 
Hmm. Um, but I've been in, I've been involved in ISPE through most of my career. Just a lot of it was more tangential, but now it's obviously in a much more active role. So I understand that Pharma 4 is very tied to kind of the industry 4.0, but good practice and good sort of, I, I believe you call it GXP in, in the pharma industry. It, it, it is clearly also, or has been more, more than that. W- what is this mo- movement for, you know, around pharma, uh, you know, movement for qu- uh, quality around pharma? It, it, does it have to do with uh, safety of clinical trials or is this specific to, to other type of processes around the industry? Yeah, so GXP is really sort of a catch-all term for all regulations. Um, You know, there's GCP for clinical practices. There's GMP for manufacturing practices. There's GPV for good pharmaceutical, um, I'm sorry, pharmacovigilance practices. So GXP really encompasses all, basically all regulations around um, pharmaceutical and even medical devices, basically life science products out in the industry. Mm-hmm. And where are we now with these uh, uh, with these regulations? To what extent has uh, pharma started to take on board industry and and pharma for uh, and 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 how early are we in the adoption process? That's a good question. I would say we are. There's a whole continuum, right? Like there's there's a lot. There's some companies that are. Um, very much stuck in, I would say, like pharma 1.0 to or 2.0, 3.0, um, back in sort of more manual uh, processes, um, or even some have started to computerize their processes, like more in a paper on glass type situation. Um, but definitely not pharma 4.0, which is really t- taking account for digital artifacts, but also there's a whole other component um, that um, has not been embraced fully, which is like the workforce of the future, which is part of that, the culture piece, the democratization. There's so many aspects to Pharma 4.0 to really fully um, realize the benefits. Hmm. Tell me how a software firm uh, or, you know, what started out, I guess, as a software company uh, can interact in in this sphere? Because I imagine that there's a like you pointed out, there there are all these different stages of of getting involved with this technology. So how how does software firms play in this space with with pharma's, which historically were pretty separate firms? I guess they were worked, working with outsourcing companies, but for very specific kind of uh, parts of the clinical trial stages. How how does this kind of new technology element enter into it? Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, um, digital companies can really start working with life science companies by, I think there's some baseline features and functionality that they need to comply with. You know, just a few that could just come to mind are like electronic signatures, for example. Um, Data integrity is also a hot buzz. I would be amiss if I had a conversation about this and to not bring up data integrity. Um, You know, all these aspects around that, um, because data, especially in the pharma 4.0 world, is so very important, becomes central to everything. Um, but features around supporting those types of things, access controls, you know, all these things that are, are very near and dear to um, achieving uh, integrity of our data mm-hmm. um, to come up and have those types of features available. So there surely then is a bit of a path also for, for a young firm that wants to work with, a, with any regulated industry, but very specifically with pharma. Tell us about... Um, to what extent, uh, you know, the industry 
you know, is embracing this kind of uh, contact and, and how fast it is moving into, into being able to contract with, you know, these emerging firms that are, you know, they, they will keep emerging and they will, I guess, all of them have this learning journey before they can comply the, the way that the industry needs it to, to comply. Sure. Of course, you know, there's like a barrier to entry, of course, and, and a lot of that is is imparted in, in knowledge and understanding of the of the needs. Um, you know, you can meet the baseline requirements, but then you can also, you know, achieve the the essence of what they're trying to achieve. And I think with more maturity and knowledge of these these companies um, to be able to understand these needs um, is really going to differentiate um, an emerging uh, technology supplier um, from a supplier that can can really meet uh, the, the needs of, a, of the regulated customers. Also, there is supporting documentation and support that um, that uh, pharmaceutical companies need in order to, um, I would say, take on and deploy new technologies quicker and easier. You know, it's also building a trust uh, trustworthy relationship between the two companies. Um, you know, in you know, having quality management systems and, and providing um, sort of that sort of um, level of, uh, of uh, compliance for them as well. Hmm. Briefly, uh, what, what is the future? What does the future hold for Pharma 4.0? Is it something that we're going to be seeing throughout this decade? Or is it a process that kind of once it gets going, more or less the entire industry will, will start to adopt many of these principles uh, you know, fairly rapidly. What, what do you see happening? Yeah. Um, like data integrity, a topic that's been around forever and um, essentially a topic that's not new, but just kind of put a tag word to it. You know, Pharma 4.0 is sort of a tag word, but it is really characterizing um, a whole bunch of things. One of them is digital maturity. Okay, that is a main piece to Pharma 4.0, but it's not the only thing. Uh, we've talked about um, resources and the workforce of the future, you know, really sort of enabling our people to, um, uh, to be knowledgeable about the areas that they're um, that they're that they're managing and handling, also the democratization and the the less hierarchical structures. Like there's a lot of things that need to be embraced. Um, I think right now, because um, of what's happened in the last year or so, um, I think the industry is getting more primed <laughs> to take on change um, and evolve and 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 dive into an evolution that's only quickening. Um, so, you know, I, I think the time is right um, and it, it is happening now. I don't think it's a short term thing. I do think that this is thing that's something that's going to be evolving over a long time. Right. We have things that are happening in our personal lives, in our home lives that go beyond by far what, what we're doing in the pharmaceutical world with like machine learning and artificial intelligence and all these really cool things that are happening in our homes and, you know, with our smart assistants and all these things that we haven't even started to embark on in the pharmaceutical world to any, any depth. So again, I think there's so many levels of maturity here that if this is going to be around for a while um, and there are going to be pieces of it, that companies are going to be more, willing to bite into. <laughs> um, but I think that's only going to pick up over time, to be honest with you. Um, but there are a lot of things that we need to do and not just buy cool new technologies, but 
Um, we have to work with our people and, and recognize that our workers are sort of um, frontline. They're always going to be frontline and, and we need to provide them resources to um, further develop themselves, you know, and, and really take uh, credit for, for that resource. Michelle, you are a bit of a crossover. What, what are some of the surprises that you have uh, had as you've moved on to the newer kind of younger firms, uh, but still working, you know, in, in the, the general space of, of quality? What were some of the surprises that you've had working with uh, Tuli specifically? Yeah, it's funny. By crossover, I assume you mean like I sort well, of... you straddle kind nice. of the pharma world <laughs> yeah. and the software world is what yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so now I, I, I jumped over into the software world. Yeah, I did. And I did that on purpose. Like it was a really exciting area because so many cool things are happening right now. But I wouldn't have just done it just to do it. I'm doing it also because I do am, like you said, straddled with the life sciences. I really want life sciences to get to a place where they can, um, I don't know, uh, take on these technical tools, these new digital tools and take these things on quicker and faster and evolve better, you know, ultimately achieving um, faster life cycles of our products and, you know, with, with personalized medicine and some of the other things that are happening out there, we need to be able to evolve fast. Um, I felt by jumping over to the other side that I could be more effective in trying to help the industry in that way. So, by surprises, really nothing. But, I, you know, I feel like I jumped over for a reason and I'm realizing that reason. The fast evolving um, scenario that is in technology is so very exciting um, that I, uh, I really want life sciences to be able to embrace that. So, again, if you're thinking about the future, do you foresee a time that pharma companies themselves will again, try to take on all of these technology tasks? Or do you think that the way that with the uh, Pharma 4.0 principles that we're going to be able to find this more seamless and standardized way to interact between companies so that it actually is sometimes faster to just contract or work with partners? Because truly the process has been uh, kind of ironed out and and, uh, all of these new technologies can be available, but you still have the... Uh, quality and the predictability of of the process of the past. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the ultimate goal is to get to this seamless nirvana of like ease of, you know, capturing and bringing in new technology so that we can evolve fast and quick. Now, of course, you know, I've lived long enough in the life sciences industry to know that, you know, there are reasons why it's not today, right? Like we do have to demonstrate control you know, there's this word, ter- this term called validation that, you know, seems to slow things down or the perceived um, slow things down. Um, so we, yes, we are working towards ways to try to make that validation or the demonstration of control be more seamless, right? In ways that, you know, trying to shift our focus towards data-centric approaches and things like that, um, and really to focus on mitigating risks at the data level, to be able to demonstrate that control and 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 not be so wrapped up in the individual um, components along the way is really trying to get us to a something that is more seamless and get us to that area, you know, get us to that, like I said, that nirvana, that way, that 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 area where we can bring in new technologies quicker and faster. Um, 
Yeah. And, and validation 4.0 now very specifically, uh, that's another, t- on top of, uh, of of the pharma term, it's just specifically focusing on validation. W- what are the 4.0-ish aspects of validation? What what changes with, with the technology aspect for, for the validation practice that, that companies in the pharma space are used to? Yeah, so that that you know, this is a fast evolving area right now. Pharma for uh, I should say validation 4.0 is is this working group within Pharma 4.0 where we're specifically looking at this t- topic of validation in the 4.0 world. Um, it the, you know the premise and basis of it is sort of quality by design um, aspects, which is an ICH um, uh, ICH guideline. Um, the premise is about um, process and data knowledge, um, but we are trying to overlay overlay process and data knowledge with um, uh, data data mapping um, and risk mitigation at that level, regardless of the digital tools that they're using. So this is really more of a holistic view of validation. It's also looking at um, utilizing all the data um, resources that we can, whether it's from design and development, whether it's from current pharmacovigilance, like post-market data, but bringing those data points into the manufacturing space so we can we can look at continuous flow of data uh, that's out there to also um, validate our risk levels and our control levels. It's, again, it's really, like I said, the, the two main premises are quality by design and data from all aspects of the, of the product lifecycle. If you see it from a user level in an organization, a lot of what you uh, guys come up with turns into compulsory courses and compliance requirements. What should one think, you know, if if I am taking a course that has been mandated by a quality process, what should be the mindset and, and how do you avoid that all of this kind of training and preparation becomes more than a course? Because I, I, my guess is that the nirvana we're talking about here is one where you, you're only doing these courses to verify that the process already is working well. You're assuming that uh, you know the process has already changed, so that the uh, verification through sort of courses and making sure that everyone knows what's going on is almost like an afterthought. It's more just to double check. How, but it doesn't always feel like that, I guess, if you're trying to get up this very steep learning curve and feel that there are a lot of requirements and things that uh, you need to take into account. What is your advice to employees, either on the pharma side or on the IT side, that are trying to, uh, I guess, upskill themselves very quickly to to get to the level that they can be contributors and, and certainly not to the detriment of company contracts, you know, following all the right procedures and, and you know, doing things right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the one first point I would would highlight is um, requirements as in regulatory requirements don't change very often. Right. Right. The point is that uh, the interpretation um, and the the implementation approach um, is what evolves. Right. With given with, you know, not the way of the wind, but, you know, the new hot topic or whatever, like data integrity has been very hot for a while. Pharma, you know, Pharma 4.0 is is sort of now a new tagline. I mean, I think, again, the ultimate is going to be process understanding. But what is what is sort of emerging more important to that is data, uh, data management, data flows, data um, 
the importance of data, right? So the more to the to the extent that we can understand our data flows and what the the uh, not the implications, but the um, interactions of of um, between data um, points um, is is really becoming the most important. So to the extent that we can understand our data flows, understand what data points are critical to control, um, over and above the process steps. Um, that is, that is the most important, you know, I've, I've been hearing data scientists and things like that are definitely, you know, the, the, the thing of the future. I would sort of agree with that. Um, we have to understand our data, you know, data integrity was almost like a precursor to this. Like we know we have to have in integral data. Now we need to understand our data flows and control them. Um, and to the extent that we can do that and, and focus on that, not that I'm not saying it's a black box type validation approach, but I'm just saying that controlling our data regardless you know like system agnostic equipment agnostic is 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 the focal point here and um bringing in data points that sometimes may not have shown um um cause and effect are becoming more important to us like i said you know i was bringing in data from design and development through the manufacturing process you know but also um, pharmacovigilance and real world data, it really needs to be brought into the manufacturing space also to demonstrate um, interaction. Uh, so here's, here's a question for you. I very much want to learn uh, Pharma 4.0. This is actually even true, it's not just a question. Um, <laughs> where do I go? Yeah, yeah. So um, like I said, you can just search it up on the internet, right? But I think um, so. The folks that are writing a lot about it are, are ISPE. Um, I would say that there's not really like hard guidances out there right now, but there are many, many articles that um, have been put out by ISPE and the Pharmaceutical Engineering Magazine um, that not only lay the foundation for the operating model. There's been some maturity model articles that have been written. Um, that's most, you know, that to me is one of the main areas. Um, but there's a lot out there and, you know, I think a lot of people are starting to tag to that name just because it's, um, people are starting to understand what it means. It's still, in my opinion, when talking to some people, it's very much this, um, theoretical topic to a lot of people. And so, and this is what I like about the ISPE model is it's broken down into, um, elements, Right. We talked already about the um, information systems or the, you know, obviously we, we know digital maturity is a piece, but the resources and workforce of the future, people have been talking about workforce 4.0 or workforce of the future, all the same topic, right? We need to figure out what these people need to be doing going forward. Organization and processes need to change and evolve and culture. Culture is this piece where, you know, I think we're used to the hierarchical nature of decades past. Um, where democratization and really letting our subject matter experts sort of start driving the truck a little bit more um, is, you know, is, is another big piece to it. So there's many different aspects to this that um, need to be addressed. And, you know, again, they, you can, you can read up on the, on the, um, um, on the operating model, but there are, are several different topics that lead all into this sort of um, entire environment. Has the industry lastly done any research on what the forecasting, I guess, the impact of, of implementing this fully? 
What, what are the impacts potentially of, of implementing a, any kind of a 4.0 program inside of a pharmaceutical company? I mean, are there efficiencies or is it more on the quality and assurance side? I mean, what, what exact tangible benefits are is one expecting from this? Not just, you know, in regulatory uh, in, on a regulatory side, but I mean more, more on, an, uh, on a process side or if you are a leader in, in the industry, what, what would be your main objective and, and, uh, and goal uh, and, and reasoning for, for entertaining such a, uh, you know, for bringing in this kind of perspective really fast or, or, or s- significantly into your organization? Yeah, I mean, I think it's all those things, right? And of course, I would say that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's efficiencies. It's, you know, I think it continuous verification, continuous validation. So we don't have to do these like validation activities that are snapshots in time, but we're always doing it by, you know, by bringing in these, 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 um, these new data points. But at the highest levels of like, if you read up on the Pharma 4.0 um maturity model i mean the ultimate level of maturity is having completely um autonomous change management right like so you get to predictive capabilities and then you have an autonomous type capability so at the predictive capability level you have systems and data telling you that this is going to happen right and so you can make a change and you, you you do it before like um before an issue or risk occurs right um, but in the highest level, you have a self-autonomous changing machine that identifies an issue and makes its, you know, course corrects by itself. So, I mean, that's, that is the idea is that, you know, we, we can do that before uh, realizing risk or harm or anything um, to our products, to our patients, you know. Well, that brings me, I guess, to sort of the, the really futuristic question is, you know, what, what role, if any, can AI have, you know, isolated from people in this very sensitive space? Because eventually these are turning into clinical decisions or they're affecting clinical decisions. Um, is that also part of the framework to start safeguarding both kind of on the ethical side and on and putting in place processes that would stop kind of runaway algorithms that are starting to act in strange patterns or something like that. Is that also eventually, do you think, part of this uh, 4.0 landscape? Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's it's sort of, and this this is a topic that goes across several different things. So uh, 4.0, Pharma 4.0 is, is looking at that in, in some um, case studies and models. Um, also, um, there, there's a GAMP working group uh, you know, within ISPE um, that has a specific group looking at AI and machine, you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, there are case studies that we're looking at in that space as well from a validation perspective, because then the topic is, you know, can we look at this as a black box? Like what, what really do we need to, you know, um, be able to do? So, yeah, you know, these are all topics that we're definitely looking at, um, you know, obviously with the ultimate goal of, of protecting our patients, for sure, you know, that's always the goal. Um, but yeah, if, if we are to rely upon these technologies to start making some decisions, um, we still have to demonstrate control. You know, how do we do that? Yeah. Well, it certainly seems to me it's a very fertile area of manufacturing, right? Things are really moving. And like you pointed out, the last year has presented us with some challenges that have motivated pretty much everybody in the industry. And then everyone watching suddenly started watching more carefully what this industry is doing. 
So it, it must be a bit of a victory lap in, a, in that sense to see so many progress points over the last few months and weeks uh, in this industry. How do you f- feel like the industry is, I guess, dealing with this uh, success? Are they resting on their laurels or do you feel like this actually truly motivates to further rapid change? Because it has been very rapid and at least you know from the outside, you would sort of hope that those are true changes. Yeah. But to what extent are, were they actually not embedded in a quality process? They were sort of like emergency use authorizations that when relaxed will kind of, because that's the discussion in other parts of the medical system, right? Uh, I was just speaking to a telehealth expert and you know he's pointing out that once these emergency regulations lapse, unless we put in place uh, you know certain safeguards, you you risk losing some of the progress just because uh, not just the momentum is lost, but you know the the legal room to act would perhaps also be lost. So you know there are a lot of people thinking you know we've made all this massive progress. Um, have we? It's a good question, and honestly, I think only time will tell. Um, you know, I personally am trying to capitalize on this momentum a little bit, you know, while people are primed and open right now, now's the time to pounce, so to speak, right? Like if yep. people are, then we've got to continue to show them and continue to push. Like, I think that's yep. the only way yep. um, we are creatures of habit. We've been doing this for decades, year, you know, whatever might be. So uh, yeah, it's, it's too easy to fall back into old ways. So uh, yeah, I, my hope is that, um, people who are out there driving this industry can continue to push and drive um, forward while people are primed and open and ready. Um, I think there's been many examples of where it's been successful. It's been fine. What have been the risk, you know, by going through some of these emergency processes, um, the risk benefit was there. So we went forward with it. Right. And, um, you know, there, I think we've, we've shown success in some of these areas. So my hope is that we capitalize and continue to drive forward with this moment, momentum. It's a time. <laughs> we are responsible to continue forward right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, Michelle. It was uh, great to chat with you about these important uh, issues in Pharma 4.0. Super. Thanks for having me. You have just listened to episode 31 of the Augmented Podcast with host Trunarne Unheim. The topic was Pharma 4.0. Our guest was Michel Vuolo, Quality Practice Lead at Tulip. In this conversation, we talked about how to implement Industry 4.0 technologies in such a regulated space such as the pharma industry. My takeaway is that Pharma 4.0 has to be executed with a diligence unseen in the software industry, which also explains why change has taken a while to come to pass. Now that the industry is taking on board the promise of such technologies, it also has to document its effects. The impact on digital technologies should be positive, although it will not be without frustrations for those who want quick wins. Thanks for listening. If you liked the show, subscribe at augmentedpodcast.co or in your preferred podcast player and rate us with five stars. If you liked this episode, you might also like episode 33, Sustainable Manufacturing at Scale, episode 23, Digital Manufacturing in the Cloud, or episode 17, Smart Manufacturing for All. Augmented, industrial conversations that matter.